0: Birmingham, Alabama was a wild and untamed mining town in the heart of the reconstructed South when James Alexander Bryan came to pastor the Third Presbyterian Church there in 1888. When he died in 1941, Birmingham had become a vibrant industrial center. In the years in between, Brother Brian, as he was affectionately called, won the hearts of generation after generation of her citizens. he was an unlikely hero for the bustling town, though. For one thing, he was noticeably inept as a pulpiteer. His sermons were often halting, rambling, and inarticulate. Uh, Though entirely committed to the authority of the Scriptures and the centrality of preaching, he simply was not a skilled orator. He was also a poor administrator. He was notoriously disorganized. And when it came to the niggling details of management, he was often absent-minded and forgetful. He never seemed to lose sight, though, of the big picture. But all the necessary increments just got lost in the shuffle. Though perpetually busy, he was easily distracted and rarely kept up with his workload. He didn't even maintain a particularly winsome appearance. He was more often than not disheveled, uh, shabbily dressed and hastily groomed. He was shy, soft-spoken, and had a slight stutter. In a day and a time when manliness and imposing presence was especially esteemed, he was merely slight and retiring. Not surprisingly, during his long tenure as pastor, his church never really grew. When he died, membership stood at just under 100, right where it was shortly after he arrived in Birmingham a half-century earlier. Nevertheless, he was practically a cultural icon in the city— Near the end of his life of service, he was honored by local leaders and dignitaries in a citywide celebration. The president of the city commission said, No man in Birmingham is better known or better loved than Brother Brian. Uh, there is one man in this city about whom we are all agreed, and he is Brother Brian. The editor of the city newspaper agreed Brother Brian is the only man whom we have ever known whose motives have never been questioned. He is the one man for whom we are all unanimous. The city erected a statue of the humble pastor at one of her busiest intersections near downtown. It portrayed him in a posture of prayer and proclaimed him the patron saint of Birmingham. On the occasion of its unveiling, Hugo Black The United States Supreme Court Justice asserted this dedication raises our community to its loftiest heights, just as Brother Brian has all these long years of his faithful and selfless service. The statue, let us hope, will inspire those here today, those who know Brother Brian and all those who come after to love our neighbors as ourselves even as he has. When Brother Brian died, the entire city mourned his passing. Thousands of men, women, and children from every walk of life crowded around the tiny sanctuary and followed the solemn funeral cortege. Flags were lowered to half-mast, and the mayor proclaimed an official day of prayer and fasting. How had this seemingly inept pastor won over an entire city so completely? How had this painfully ordinary man accomplished a feat so extraordinary as this? Very simply, Brother Brian was a common man who proved to be an uncommon example of the Christian mandate of doing justice, loving mercy and walking humbly before God. Though he violated all the rules of success, church growth, worldly acclaim, and effectiveness, he seemed to incarnate the essence of the faith once and for all delivered unto the saints. He was, as many called him, religion in shoes. He made it a habit to make a circuit every morning just before dawn to all of the factories, shops, fire and police stations, schools and offices downtown to pray with as many common working men and women as he could. He would simply announce himself, drop to his knees wherever he was, and begin to intercede for each of them. Over time, his obvious piety became a cherished emblem of personal concern in a harshly impersonal industrial world. He was the unofficial chaplain to the entire community. It was often said that the words most often on his lips were, Let us pray. Brother Brian also distinguished himself with his selfless service to the poor, the needy, the brokenhearted, and the sick, his indefatigable efforts to encourage the distressed led him to establish several city outreaches to the homeless, to orphans and widows, and to the victims of war and pestilence overseas. More than any rich philanthropist, more than any well-endowed foundation, more than any charitable institution, he demonstrated the power and effect of merciful service on the fabric of a community. Though a confirmed nonpartisan politically, he often lobbied magistrates when issues of justice arose. He was, for instance, an early champion of civil rights and racial reconciliation. His unassailable character, his pure motives, and his holy demeanor enabled him to take such controversial stands without polarizing or alienating his beloved fellow citizens. Somehow, They seemed to understand that his commitment to justice was just a natural outgrowth of his humble faith and his merciful service. The one could not be had without the other. On the day following his funeral, the newspaper in Birmingham commented, We have had set before us the clearest example of what it must mean to be a follower of Christ, there can be little doubt to anyone familiar with Brother Brian's life and work that the high ideals of the faith may actually be manifested. And that poses a tremendously prophetic challenge to us all. Religion in shoes. That is both resistance and reformation. I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information and for resources, go to georgegrant.net.